Today we're going to continue on with uh, Salt and Light uh, by Neil T. Anderson and Rich Miller in their book Managing Your Anger. It is never right to do wrong, even though it may appear that some good may come of it. The end does not justify the means. It may seem good that the abortion doctor who has killed could no longer terminate pregnancies, but it tarnished reputation, efforts, and responsibility responsible saints who have prayed and worked for years to overrun the Roe versus Wade. It is a test of our character to never compromise ourselves in order to win. Do we really need do we really believe that we can promise ourselves uh, promise ourselves to overcome evil with good in a world that believes nice people finish last? Probably not if we think that just one act of kindness would do it. It takes a lifestyle of consistent living to influence others, but what really stumps the unrighteous is when they observe how well we hold up under fire, grow through the trials and tribulations of life, and fearlessly face death with dignity. Other than the grace exhibited by Jesus at the cross, there is probably no better example of assertive anger than the speech and subsequent stoning of Stephen. The Pharisees could not withstand the wisdom and the spirit with which he was speaking, so they secretly instigated some men to tell lies about him, and Stephen was brought before the council. And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel, Acts 6.15. That is grace under fire. After his Holy Spirit-inspired speech, the council was enraged, and they ground their teeth at him, but be full of the Holy Spirit gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God, Acts seven fifty four to 55 Scripture teaches that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father so that what you think uh, it meant to Stephen when he saw Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father cheering him on. We can imagine God the Father saying to Stephen, That's my son. That is a God we want to serve and are willing to die for. Not everybody would have the ability to give the speech Stephen made in Acts 7, much less the courage to do it. We should always be able to speak the truth in love, but there are certain injustices that require other abilities, such as having an in-depth understanding of the issues and being in positions of authority. Rather than reveal our ignorance when angered by injustices, it is often wise to bring in the experts. The larger Christian community has legal experts, apologists, scientists, and philosophers who have been raised up to fight for righteousness and speak out against injustices. It is usually best not to make a stand if one is poorly informed on the subject. It is, however, right to share your discernment when you sense that something is wrong. It is every believer's responsibility to be a positive witness and speak the truth in love, but we should do so without usurping God's role. We believe that God has drawn a line as follows, God's sovereignty versus human responsibility. Everything on the left of the line is God's responsibility. Everything on the right side of the line is our responsibility. It is our responsibility to believe, but we can't save ourselves. We can be creative, but we can't create something out of nothing. We are 
commanded not to judge one another, but we are instructed to carry out the church discipline. Judgment is a matter of character, and discipline is a matter of behavior. Calling someone a liar is judging them. They will likely become more defensive, and their battle is now with us, when it should be with God. The moment we usurp the role of the Holy Spirit in one another's and other people's lives, we misdirect their battle with God onto ourselves. We are not up to the task. Discipline is based on observed behavior. If we confront someone who is told a lie, it is better to say, what you just said is not true. That is not judging them, and it doesn't interfere with God's role of convicting them of sin. It is just holding them accountable. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Galatians 6.1 Discipline is different from punishment. Punishment is solely focused on past behavior. Good parents don't spank a child as a form of punishment. They lovingly discipline in order to extinguish bad behavior and to superintend future choices. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Hebrews 12.11 on the right side of the line, there are various realms of human responsibilities depending upon who has the authority to carry out the rule of law. One division is between the church and the state. The church is the conscience of the state, but not the executor of the state. The Bible is the sole authority of the church, but not the state, which is governed in the United States or Canada or wherever you live by a constitution or a set of laws. Jesus was asked by the Pharisees, is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But Jesus was aware of their malice and said, Why put me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. And Jesus said to them, Whose likeness and inscription is this? They said, Caesar's. Then he said to them, Therefore render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. Matthew twenty-two seventeen to 21 The church has the right and responsibility to carry out church discipline, but not over those who are, who are outside the faith. The state has the right and the responsibility to carry out the rule of law, but they do not have the right to tell us what to believe. When the state oversteps their authority, we must obey God rather than man. Tensions arise when the state interferes with the church and the family responsibilities, telling pastors what they can and cannot preach, or usurping the role of a parent. We need to make our voices heard, but the long-term strategy is to encourage more believers to become judges, mayors, governors, and presidents, writing letters to our government representatives, signing petitions, and marching for life has one merit, but pales in comparison to the influence a godly person has who is working within the system behind closed doors. God has his people everywhere, and we need to unite behind them in prayer, whoever wrote the serenity prayer had it right. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen.